The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned the title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. I don't see any reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about hypnosis? Let's get thrown Psychosis, whatever, psychosis. Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 301 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters co-host, Miss Jade to the Max. What's going on, Miss Jade? Not much. What's going on with you, man? I'd like to welcome you back officially to an episode of the WrestleCast, uh, the way that the pay-per-view fell on a Saturday. You win the pony and get to do the long show. So we get to talk about the go home and back down and SummerSlam. So this is why this is a WrestleCast episode and not your normal SmackDown Matters. That's right. Let's do it. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We can be found on the web at CSPN.us. You can also join us through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio. All you have to do is search for the WrestleCast dash the CSPN. Uh, subscribe to that logo with the new day holding the WrestleCast sign and the WrestleCast. SmackDown Matters, NXT Cast, and the Raw Cast will show up in your podcast queues each and every week. So we had the go home episode of SmackDown Matters. We're going to start off with Edge. Uh, after we get the video package on Edge versus Seth Rollins, Edge is sitting in a chair to talk about how Seth Rollins teased stomping him back in 2014. Edge knows that the stomp could end his career and his way of life. It's true that Rollins is an all time talent, but Rollins has driven him to a place where his blood runs black. Edge can sleep. Edge can see clearly on this day, and he knows that he has to break and humble Rollins. At SummerSlam, Edge is going to burn him down. Ooh. This was a very Ooh. good opening promo. It was sitting in the dark, all alone in the ring. Yes, it was good. I actually watched this one. <laughs> Dominic Mysterio is all fired up, but Ray Mysterio wants him to calm down and stay focused. And that's cool with Dominic. Can we get some more? The tag team division is in turmoil because I'm tired of looking at the Usos and the Mysterios week after week. The roster on both shows is in shambles. Shambles, yeah. And they're just not trying to advance anybody into any different spots than they already are in right now. So, yes, we've seen a lot of repetitiveness. Uh, yeah. Jay Uso versus... It's Ray. like watching Missionary every single week. <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> I like your Roman tone there. You hit that right on the Jay Uso versus Rey Mysterio. Dre tries a power slam but gets reversed into a t- tornado DDT. 
Ray tries to sunset flip, but Dre grabs the ropes, meaning Dominic tries to uh, cheat like he did the last week where he spun up on the ring and pushed uh, Rey Mysterio in the back. But the referee caught it, so he gets ejected. Jay gets in the cheap shot, and that allows the Superfly Splash to connect onto Rey Mysterio. And Jay Uso, main event Jay Uso, picks up a win. Main event Jay. Main event Jay. They don't call him main event Jay for nothing. That's right. See, Dominic Mysterio, cheaters never win. <laughs> Unless you're a Republican, and then, you know, there's that. But in wrestling, cheaters never win. <laughs> we look back at Baron Corbin stealing Big E's Money in the Bank briefcase last week, and that leads us to Kevin Owens versus Baron Corbin. The choke slam and stunner are both counted, and here's Big E to go after the briefcase. First, he goes after Corbin, though, and that's a disqualification. After the match, Corbin gets away with the briefcase again. Did you notice, and maybe it's just me noticing things that don't matter, but Corbin's ketchup stain changes sides every week. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit longer. So this week, it was on the left side. Last week, it was way more faded. Like, he tried to shout it out, and it was on the right side. Yeah. So apparently, he has two shirts. So he's not that broke if he can afford two shirts. <laughs> Must be his last two shirts. Maybe. The whole line about him sleeping in the production truck, though, quite funny. <laughs> uh, Bianca Belair looks at a clip of last week's beatdown, and she is ready to beat up Carmella and Zelina Vega tonight. And she says Sasha Banks is next after those two. Next up, Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart. They're taking on the returning Natalia and Tamina. Uh, there's a hair takedown into a suplex by Natalia, which she gets a two count, and then she grabs her chin lock. That's broken up, and everything breaks down with Tegan Knox diving onto Tamina on the outside. Natalia tries to sharpshooter, but Shotzi reverses it into a small package, and Shotzi and Tegan Knox they get the win. I don't like how they've been booking the women's tag team champions. Since they won, they've been losing, and. Tegan Knox, apparently her name changes every week, too, because this week it was just Knox again. <laughs> but last week it was Tegan Knox. I need them to make up their mind in the back. But, yeah, they've been booking the women's tag. They haven't been booking them as the dominant women that they should be booking them as. And I hear you got to get the newbies over. But they've been sweeping them individual in individual matches and in tag matches. And I don't like it. This is not a strong reign for the champions. Unfortunately, that's just the way they book those tag, those women's tag team titles ever since uh, Sasha and Bayley uh, are no longer the champions. Um, you know, they've been booked rather weakly. Um, haven't had a lot of strong, dominant um, matches or segments involving the tag team champions. I mean, it, it sucked that Natty got hurt. So she's missed a lot of action in the last couple of weeks, but you know what they need? What they need? The tech, the women's tag team champions. They need Paul Heyman in their corner. Oh. He works wonders for careers. Mm. Yeah, he does. He definitely does. Mm-hmm. Just a thought. And after this match, Natty was holding that ankle again too so I don't know if she rushed herself back or if she got stepped on again but yeah she was kind of down in the ring uh, grabbing her ankle again so 
I could see her rushing herself back because Natty knows how this business, how fickle this business is. You out too long. You're already older than the rest of the girls. Look, it's like week after week, Natty has to go in there, go out there and prove herself. She's trained every single heifer in the back, but she got to go out there and prove herself week after week. Mm. I hate that for her. So here comes Seth Rollins, looking like the good humor ice cream man in an all-white suit and tie to respond to Edge. Rollins mocks what Edge said earlier and wants, and wants Edge to listen to him. There's no shame in being a family man, and there's no shame in not being able to find the darkness that once guided you. Without that darkness, without that darkness, Edge cannot get on Rollins' level. The lights go out, and the brood theme song starts playing. Edge pops up on the screen to say Rollins will never see it coming, followed by black goo falling from the ceiling to cover Rollins and his white suit. So there was that was that was Edge's black blood. Yes, it was a it was a brood bath, as they had to call it on um, SmackDown because you can't you just come out and say blood bath because you don't want to upset the sponsors or anything. Scare the children. Right. But uh, yeah, F them kids. Okay, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> hey, <laughs> kids should have shut. He should have shut it. He should have shut up and mind his business. He should have just sat there, ate his popcorn. <laughs> so, um, great callback to you know the early days of Edge. If you're an older fan, twenty years plus, you remember it was great. Yeah, the brood and them dropping blood on people like that. They had one of the, I forget, it was one of the WWE Network's, rest in peace, top 10. And I think the Brood had, I think they were number two in like top 10 greatest entrances in history. Oh, yeah. I could definitely see that with the fire and the the music is fantastic. And they used to walk on beat, which is very surprising considering they're of the clear persuasion. (laughs) So Otis is going to take on Montez Ford. Uh, first off, Montez Ford was a very interesting choice for ring gear this week. Was he coming from the beach? I don't know, but those definitely look like swimming trunks he had on. Like maybe the match was last minute? I don't know. Because I, I stopped and I said, why is the brother wrestling in, in swimming trunks? <laughs> So Montez Ford gets in a quick right hand and the high cross body gets a two count. Otis blasts him with the clothesline and then he hits him with the Vader bomb and Otis gets the win over Montez Ford. Don't like it. I don't know. I want, exactly I want them to win every week. Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins. Yes, they could definitely stand to be heated back up and headed towards the Usos. Yes. See, that is the match we want. Not Dominic and Ray week in, week out. Apollo Cruz and Commander Aziz are teaming up to go against Rick Boogs and King Nakamura. This is the in-ring debut of Rick Boogs on SmackDown. It's tagged to Aziz, who jumps over the top rope and Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura then kicks him in the face. A side slam drops Nakamura, and then there's a tag back to Apollo Crews. Nakamura lands a kick to Crews, and then it's Rick Boogs coming back in for the pump handle slam in the pin. So Rick Boogs and Nakamura, they win. 
then they rock out to celebrate with Pat McAfee going crazy. On of course. <laughs> Pat McAfee is a gem. Now it's time for Bianca Belair versus Zelina Vega. Belair runs through Vega to start, but a quick backslide gives Vega a two count. And Bianca Belair took that personally as she muscled her up into a press slam, then set up the KOD and got the pin. Um, so this was like a very quick match here. After the match, Carmella, who was at ringside, super kicks Binky, setting up their second <gasps> match. So now it's Bianca Belair versus Carmella. The abdominal stretch goes until Belair powers her way out and muscles her up into a delayed vertical suplex for a two count. The standing move salt gets another two count and it's a spine buster into the KOD to finish off Carmella. I expect nothing less than excellence from Bianca week after week. Very proud of her. Yes. Showcasing her talents. She she really is the yeah, she is the best. I mean, let's keep it real. She can do things that nobody else in that locker room can do. Um so. this was uh, unfortunately very foreshadowing and foreboding because uh there's no Sasha Banks for the go home show. There hadn't been Sasha Banks around for any of the last two weeks of um, yeah. house shows. So yeah. There's there's something going on. Uh, so here are John Cena and Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman for the big ending. The place goes. I definitely fast forwarded through all of John Cena's time on the microphone. The place goes banana for John Cena. Uh, Roman Reigns knows that the fans. Can't. They were drunk. They didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> Unlike the people at SummerSlam, they weren't drunk because they didn't have anything to drink. <laughs> Reigns says, "Go ahead to the crowd, pop." Reigns can't believe that Cena believes he can beat him one, two, three. Heyman says that no one has ever beaten this version of Roman Reigns, and Roman says Cena isn't doing it either. Cena isn't letting it go this way and grabs the mic, saying that a month ago, everyone said Cena is going to make a movie after Reigns beats him. The movie is real, but Cena isn't losing. It's the summer of Cena, and he is here to promote Roman Reigns. Everyone wants Cena to acknowledge him, but it's been the same for 20 years. Never give up. All it takes is Reigns to make a mistake, and it's one, two, three. If Reigns isn't perfect, it's one, two, three. And that means number 17 for John Cena. Tomorrow, the impossible becomes possible thanks to Roman Reigns, and all it takes is one, two, three. Reigns thinks Cena doesn't get it because he should have smartened himself up. When people get in the ring with Roman, he smashes them so hard they don't want to do it again. Reigns can go mm. to Hollywood and do the well, stuff you know, out there. The creep cast has something to say about that, but you know. goodness, <laughs> it's getting a bit too emotional for Reigns though, and he says he would like to raise the stakes. Roman says that if he leaves, he either leaves the stadium as Universal Champion or he's leaving WWE. So there's a handshake to agree on the new stipulation, which allows Reigns to lift Cena up for a Samoan drop attempt. But Cena reverses it into a roll-up for the visual one, two, three. Well, that's foreshadowing because we know Roman ain't going nowhere. So. And there was your go-home edition of SmackDown. Um, fantastic. Yeah, a good episode. No, your recap was fantastic. The episode was cool, but your recap, very cool. The, um... The absence of Sasha Banks definitely uh, raising an eyebrow. 
Um, yeah. Binky out here having to, you know, beat up the uh, the lackeys again. The minions. Yeah, we've seen that so many times as well in the past month and a half or so. Um, I hate that Bailey's injured right now because man, I was really enjoying her feud with 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 uh with Binky, right. and then if Sasha, that would have been a great, you know, because the women's roster really is lacking, as we've we've mentioned many a times. Right. As far as depth, because there are really no competitors for Binky, Sasha, Bailey can only run that those feuds. So long, I mean, but then it kind of makes me think about Trish and Lita had a feud that went for years. They've got people. The people want to see Liv Morgan. They just don't use. They don't want. Yeah, where is Liv? They don't want to give us Liv Morgan. They debuted Tony Storm. She's only wrestled once, maybe twice, on SmackDown. You technically got Mia Yim on the roster, technically. Um, but we haven't seen her yet. So, I mean, there's still people. Naomi, Oscar. Yeah, Naomi. There's still people out there on the SmackDown side of on the women's division, but they just haven't turned to any of these women yet. And that's unfortunate. Because you got, you know why? Because you have three old white men that were born in like 1930 who just don't get what people want in the product. I think Paul Heyman understands. What the well, I'm not talking about Paul Heyman. I'm talking about Kevin Dunn, Bruce, Bruce P. Oh, Brucey. And 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 Vinny Mac. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I would never talk bad about Paul Heyman. He gets it. Right. Right. T.J. Wilson, he gets it. So Triple that... H, John Michaels, they get it. It's them other three. <laughs> So that leads us into, well, we'll talk about this because this is the WrestleCast and we can do this here for a little bit. So right after this went off on Friday night, everybody turned, everybody in wrestling turned over to TNT. So they can watch Rampage, right? Yep. And I haven't watched Rampage yet, but I saw the tweets. I, I recorded it. Uh, I have YouTube TV, so it records it for me, but I haven't, I'm, I'm a little behind. What, it's just too much wrestling. It's like Sunday through Saturday, there's wrestling. What anymore. speculated to be true, the rumors and innuendo finally paid itself off as the artists known as CM Punk came out in front of the United Center in his hometown of Chicago. Chicago, my hometown. 15,000 people in the United Center. Super Start, spreader event. Starts the show off, comes out to a huge Warrior Stone Cold-esque pop. I mean, this thing was huge. You see the, Let me tell you, the, the one thing about Chicago, I saw the picture, I didn't see the video. Was it a kid or was it a, a, a dude? It was an adult man in his Look, 20s. Maybe CM Punk changed his life. <laughs> I'm not going to knock him because I, I, I teared up when Biggie and Sasha main event at WrestleMania. It was a beautiful moment. So CM Punk says he's back. He says he's back. Uh, in the professional wrestling game, he said when he left ROH, he left professional wrestling, but now 
as of August the 21st or whatever that date was on Friday. He is the 20th. He is back in pro wrestling. And he's going to wrestle Darby Allen at all oh. in a couple of weeks. Dang. I feel so bad because Darby Allen is going to die. Not die, like for real, for real. But it's going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say one thing about Chicago. We're going to show up and show out for our own. So yeah. it's it was pretty cool that he made his comeback in our hometown. Yeah. Um, so it, I really like Darby Allen's entrance music, though. I just had to say that. That was entrance music. All right, so it is very real. CM Punk is back in wrestling at eight. He's so now the next domino for AEW, and they'll have their whole, like, you know, grand wish list filled up as if uh, Daniel Bryan can make his way over. And, and um, didn't um, formerly known as Ruby Riot, she signed to AEW, correct? I haven't seen that, but I thought I thought I saw that. Maybe it was a rumor, but I thought I saw that she signed to AEW. Maybe she did, and I just overlooked it. But yeah, so and AEW man, they're picking up a lot of steam. And uh, when we talk about, you think WWE might have some competition for real, for real now? If they get their women's division together yeah, like they have, to, they have to increase their minorities in their women's division yes uh but if wwe keeps booking stuff the way that they booked some of the stuff on SummerSlam, it, it won't take that much for them to to over to get to overtake wwe because uh yeah we're about to talk about some stuff that made a lot of people questioned Ooh, baby. Exactly why they stick with this particular version. I ask myself that every single day. Why do I keep watching? Oh, because we have a podcast. <laughs> so on the pre-show, it was announced, of course, a match that we didn't have on our Who You Got um, ledger, uh, where we had Big E taking on Baron Corbin. Corbin's choke slam is countered into a stretched muffler, and Corbin slips out. Corbin grabs the briefcase and tries to run off, but gets speared through the ropes. Back in, the big ending connects, and Big E pins Baron Corbin and reclaims the Money in the Bank briefcase. Why did he have to fight for something that was already his? Do you see this? You know what? I'm sick of this SHIT. I'm supposed to stop cursing, so. (laughs) Um, yeah. He could have. Do you see? This is like this is this is what happens in real life too. We have to fight for stuff that's already ours. I'm going Doctor Umar right now, but <laughs> just gotta say stuff three times. It's kind of his thing. Just say it over and over, and then it's like maybe it's true. But no, that kind of sucks. He had to fight for something that was already his. Because bum a Baron, like uh, Pat McAfee calls him, has resorted to stealing. Yeah, he he has uh he's trying to 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 change his plot in life. So he tried to steal the contract from Finn. That didn't work out. He saw another opportunity here with the money in the bank briefcase and that was kind of working out until here at the pre-show. And now that is that is the Oh, don't forget about the the square the square slider that he had so that everybody in the stadium could give him $1000. Oh, right. The credit card. 
<laughs> okay, that was funny though. I did laugh at that. So our, so, yeah. our opening video is uh, has a poker gambling theme and looks at the biggest matches of the night. And Roman Reigns is the one holding the final chip uh, as we go into the start of the show where we have RK Bro versus Amos and AJ Styles for the Raw Tag Team titles. The hanging DDT is broken up and Amos chokeslams Riddle onto the apron. That's enough of a distraction for AJ to snap Orton oh, across the Oh, wait, hold on. I actually have a drink. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a moonsault takes Riddle down on the floor, but the phenomenal forearm doesn't work. Orton ducks and grabs the RKO for the pin, and we have new Raw Tag Team Champions in the form of RK Bro, Randy Orton. Congrats Matt. to them. I didn't know because, again, haven't watched Raw in a while. Listen to the podcast, but haven't watched. When did Randy get a porn stash? Uh, when Randy Randy took a sabbatical for about two months, and when he came back from his sabbatical, he had this new uh, looks like Dexter Loomis's older brother look. You know what? That could be a tag team. <laughs> mustache Mountain time, like see, uh, you know, again, American whatever happened to Mustache Mountain. The American version. They just wrestled for the tag team championships for uh, NXT UK on the last episode of uh, UK this past week. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mustache Mountain, the Americans. <laughs> Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie. Boring. Alexa Bliss drops to the mat to freak Eva Marie out, but she gets knocked down anyway. Hold on, though. Eva Marie has to go slap Lily, which sends Alexa Bliss into a panic. Lily is put back in her place, but Bliss misses Twisted Bliss, allowing Eva Marie to get some near falls. Bliss grabs a quick Sister Abigail DDT for the pin and the win. Um, after the match, Dewdrop, aka Piper oh Nickman, announces Eva Marie as the loser, steals her robe, puts it on, and prances her way back to the back. Eva Marie is still a thing. They even stop trying to make Fetch happen. That is in reference to Mean Girls, if you've never seen Mean Girls, but... Okay, bro. Donnie, have you seen Mean Girls before? Uh, it's been quite a while. Okay. Just check and see how cool you are. <laughs> RK, bro, is ready to defend the titles no matter what. Orton still isn't thrilled, though, having to tag with Matt Riddle. He loves it. Sheamus versus Damian Priest for the United States. Or... In the words of my friend, the very pale white man versus the Puerto Rican. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't know their name. <laughs> Make it much simpler, right? Yes. Uh, Damien Priest tries to springboard, but uh, he dives into a jumping knee to give Seamus a near fall and an annoyed reaction. A roll-up is countered into a knee bar to put Priest in trouble, but he does the Undertaker sit-up. Seamus's mask is ripped off and Priest nails a spin wheel kick and then he follows that up with the Reckoning. And we have a new United States champion and his name is Damian Priest. I should have seen that coming because he had the United States flag on his gear when he came out to the ring. But can I tell you, again, didn't even know this feud was even going on. Didn't even know this match was for the United States Championship because I was half paying attention. But, uh, Congrats to him. Uh, Damian Priest, uh, he went to do that 
step up senton he does where he runs mm-hmm. over the ropes and then springboards off the bottom rope over the top with the senton yeah yes. he came up a lot short and really really took a bad bump definitely jarred his he, i know he i was so today the parts of the match that i was watching every time i looked up he looked like he was hurt for real i said i think they're gonna need to do that concussion protocol on him because <laughs> like Get the smelling salts because he did not look like he was okay in a few spots. Ray Mysterio gives Dominic a pep talk and tells him to stay focused. So now it's time for Ray Mysterio and Dominic to take on the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Dominic grabs a suplex into a neck breaker and the hot tag brings in Ray. House gets cleaned, including a tornado DDT to Jay, but Jimmy hits him with the super kick. The super fly splash misses, but it's a double super kick to Ray. And then the Superfly Splash does connect, and the Usos retain the SmackDown Tag Team titles. I think we can finally put this this one to bed now. Did you know that this SummerSlam fell on the, like, I want to say the 12th anniversary of when Ray fought uh, Eddie Guerrero for the rights to Dominic, basically. Yeah, I did not know that. (laughs) Yep. But I think this is our final uh, tag team match here between the Mysterios and the Usos for quite a while. I hope, I really hope so. It it looks like... um, Dominic, though, may be getting tired of this fatherly advice. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's an idea. Yeah, he's a, uh, you know, he's had a, kind of some looks on his face when Ray's been trying to give him these pep talks and stuff, so maybe his uh, Viva La Raza side may be coming out. Mm. I guess we'll find out soon enough, won't we? Uh, Tiffany Haddish brings in the first time the national champion champion (laughs) they need to get people to actually know the product I get it it's a ratings thing but when she said the first time national champion I said uh uh girl uh uh uh, Damian Priest is basically like, yeah, you know, it's awesome becoming champion. Um, you know, he he, Sheamus was a bully, and he got a chance to beat up a bully. So, good. I'm happy for Damian Priest, our new first time national champion. Uh, Rick Boogs is here to introduce King Nakamura, meaning it's time for Pat McAfee to jump onto the announcer's table and rock out. And you didn't say it right. It's King Nakamura. You gotta say it like that. <laughs> And, um, yeah, that was it. There was no match. It was just for the... We were just right. It was a musical interlude. Right. It was for the spectacle of the, the song and Pat McAfee. It's like wardrobe change time. We recap SmackDown Women's title match as Bianca Belair defends against mm, Sasha, mm, Sasha mm, Banks in the WrestleMania mm. rematch. Um, Sasha Banks, you know, the story she... Joined Bianca Belair, then turned on her in the span of an hour, setting up the match. Um, this one is more about hatred than the title to give it a little twist off of the WrestleMania match. So Bianca comes out, gets in the ring. We're waiting the announcements, and 
The ring announcer says Sasha Banks is not able to wrestle tonight. So they have a new challenger instead. And that is Carmella. Lord Jesus, fix it. And so when the crowd heard that and they immediately groaned the same way Jade to the Max just did. (laughs) Bianca gets on the microphone and was just like, you know what? I'm beating you a lot of times this week. I'll do it again. But when Sasha is ready, we gonna do this thing for real. That's when the match is about to start and Becky Lynch's music hits. So the man, after lots of teases at the Royal Rumble, like the last like four pay-per-views she's been teasing, she's about to come back. But this time she finally did. So she got a huge pop as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll have to kind of compare it to um, the, the CM Punk one. Um, I don't know if there. I think CM Punk got a bigger pop because he was in Chicago. But that's just my opinion. Right. But, you know, it's out there available for you to. Compare contrast. And compare on your own and uh, make your own decision. So, Becky dispatches of Carmella and challenges Bianca. Unfortunately, Bianca is all... Get us hyped. Let's let's blow the roof off this thing. We're like, yes, do it. Let's do this. Of course, she's always eager to accept the challenge. And um, so she does. So the bell rings. Becky extends her hand for a handshake, and then when she, Sasha, I mean, when um, Becky does reach out for the handshake, a right hand from Becky followed by the manhandled slam, one, two, three, and we have a new SmackDown Women's Champion in 23 seconds, Becky Lynch. I said it several times yesterday, and I'll say it again. Vince needs his ass beat. And I know I said I was going to stop cursing, but I just had to get that out. He needs his ass beat for that. You don't spend an entire, actually, let's just say a year and a half, because Binky killed it at Royal Rumble 2020. You don't spend an entire year and a half building up someone like Bianca Belair to be the best and then have her lose in 26 seconds to someone who's been out for over a year. Absolutely effing not. Like, when I tell you that changed the trajectory of the show for me, like, I didn't even watch it anymore. And I saw people tweet, tweeting people who were there, like, like it was so deflating for a lot of people. Um, and I also saw people saying, well, maybe there's a longer game here, a storyline, but we all know this. But my thing is, if Becky wasn't ready to compete, why couldn't she just come out? They have the stare down, and that be it. But to have Binky lose like that, at least give us a match. But the same thing happened to Kofi. You know, there, this has been compared to Kofi Mania, and it's just very annoying. And it again goes back to what you were saying earlier: like, why do we keep watching this? Because we're supporting the black people that are there. You know, but it still sucks because of it's like ah, it it's it sucks really bad. 
And I honestly, I will say, like, when they were showing Binky walking back to the locker room, like, she was about to cry, too. Oh, yeah, she's definitely crushed by the loss. Um, this... But how do you even come out like you go you come she came out knowing this was gonna happen and trying to hold those emotions in. So yeah. This needs his ass beat. It's definitely one of the things that will derail you quicker than anything is bad booking like this. Um like you said Great. Everybody wanted to see Becky come back. They wanted to have a moment similar to what AEW pulled off the night before with CM Punk. Okay, fine. Want to have Becky Lynch come back in front of this huge crowd, get that big pop. Okay, fine. Great. But like you said, why couldn't we have Carmella be the one in the middle there to be the fodder, get dispatched? We have the stare down between Becky and Bianca. To just be like, hey, I'm here, I'm back, I'm focused on winning the title. Binky still makes her appearance. They don't have to get physical, and we can just come on down the road, and we can start this long, great story on Mm -hmm. SmackDown on Friday. Right. To your point, people that are saying, um, oh, well, maybe there's more to this, or maybe there's going to be a second chapter or more of a bigger story. If we hadn't seen what happened to Kofi a couple of years ago in the same spot and people said the same thing and then there was nothing mm-hmm. that followed it up, then maybe you would be more apt to believe that. Right. But You're more optimistic, but we know how Vince works. He's like, you know what, let me appease the colors for right now. Oh, you know what, I'm done appeasing you. Someone made a good comparison like, oh, Vince must be done playing with Bianca. Bianca. He, had, he has a new, a new toy now. Right. And so we, like you said, all of the not only wrestling press and things that she has generated, but all the crossover things that she mm-hmm. has, she's done since WrestleMania, taking WWE to places that they've never been um, before in the mainstream consciousness. For right. to get, like She's got people that never watched wrestling before watching wrestling. Right. And for her to have a title run in on a big stage like this and a fashion like this, it's totally disrespectful <clears throat> to the work that she's put in, to all the people who've supported her, watched her, gotten behind her. And it did no favors for Becky Lynch. It doesn't help her. At all. Because I'm going to tell you, I like Becky Lynch, but I'm just like, oh, I'm kind of soured on her now. Like, Right, right. And it and it knocks her down a couple of pegs because, you know what I'm saying, like you said, here's somebody who hadn't competed in a year, and we're supposed to believe that she can just come in off the street and beat Binky in 26 seconds when we've seen Binky go through challenger after challenger after challenger in right. the last uh, four months. So, yeah. And why couldn't Becky be, why she got to be on SmackDown? Why she can't be on Raw? And I remember yesterday you said, well, they're not going to separate her and Seth. Well, Naomi and, J- and Jimmy on two different no, shows, and they're married. They're not. They moved Naomi to SmackDown. She just hasn't appeared yet. Oh, okay. I was about, because I was about to say, look here. Now, what this we have to go to Stanford, Connecticut, and have some words with 
Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Like somebody said, this is all Sasha Banks' fault. <laughs> it is Sasha. How you get whatever? I don't know what's going on when people are speculating COVID, but it is her fault. We just gonna blame blame Sasha. No, I don't think it's COVID. I think she might she she may have a child because <sighs> because think about this. They do the so she shows up. She comes back. They do the beat down angle, right? Because mm-hmm. two weeks in a row, she beat the crap out of Binky. Right. Binky ain't getting no licks in. Right. So then we do the angle where they do the contract signing, right? Mm-hmm. And then at the contract signing, for some reason, Sasha Banks is like, I need witnesses, and brings out Carmella and Zelina Vega. And that's kind of like, hmm, that's weird. Why would they, why would she bring them out? You know what I'm saying? Right. But as I think about it now, that's probably the day that she probably told them, oh, guess what? I'm mm. pregnant. And they're like, oh, well, you're here now. We got to finish this angle. So they did it. The angle where, you know, Sasha like pushes her down or Mickey like pushes her down. She doesn't what she does. She does like a one legged lariat to her over mm-hmm. the table where she flipped over the table, knocked her down, punched her a little bit. Then Carmela and them kind of got the best of her. For a second, then Sasha hit the backstabber and then put her in the bank statement with a braid, right? So that was the last time anybody has seen Sasha Banks. She wasn't in any of the house shows. She wasn't at SmackDown on Friday that just passed in Phoenix. She wasn't obviously here at SummerSlam. Maybe she was at SummerSlam, but just wasn't able to compete. So I don't think she's sick at all because if she was sick, they wouldn't have run that angle at the contract signing. Maybe they didn't know she had Miss Rona. Don't they test him like every day? Yeah, but it. But I think that because of Sasha Banks's history and always not really needing help, that her incorporating people to kind of fight in front of her is was weird to me. It's still weird to me, and what makes me think that they were trying to get her out of there with taking as least bumps as possible. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, there is Possibly. there is a ton of speculation going on right now about what is going on with Sasha Banks. Nobody knows for sure, but yeah, it's either one of and we probably won't know. She we won't know until she tells us because Sasha's very private. So yeah, it's one of three things: either she's injured, which I hope not; she has COVID, which I hope not; or she may be pregnant, which. Congratulations to her. Okay, so if she is if she is pregnant, congratulations to her. But when she comes back at SummerSlam next year, I want her to beat Becky in six seconds. <laughs> uh, they were talking about um, on this other podcast I was listening to. Just kind of, if you look at the four horsewomen, there's mm-hmm. there's surprisingly one horsewoman who doesn't have a record title reign. Who doesn't have a win at WrestleMania? Um, hmm, it's curious which one of those mm-hmm. is, right? We know we know which one it is. Yeah, so you know, just goes to what's that line? Vince don't care about black people. He, that's what I said yesterday. Vince does not care about black people, <laughs> and I stand by what I said. Yeah, so this booking of Becky Lynch beating Bianca Belair in less than 30 seconds with no build-up, no long match or anything. That was one of the worst pieces of SHIT that I've seen 
It's it's reminiscent of the Montreal Screwjob, and anybody who knows me knows that Brad the Hitman Hart is my favorite wrestler ever. So, I yeah, I'm as you can see, I'm a little ticked off still. Yeah, this took a lot of people out of the event for at least the next hour. Easily, even Becky fans are like, I see, I saw like I love Becky, but that was just right. There was I haven't seen anybody that thought that was a good idea. Anybody who thought that was a good idea probably just doesn't like black people either. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to roll with that. But, you know, us being a, a, a podcast that is by black people and we support our black athletes and superstars, so it was just very deflating. Um, and we've loved Binky since, since her NXT days. The main Young Classic. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah, and I I wonder if Triple H was like this is bullshit. <laughs> so right after we see Binky lose, I didn't want to watch it no more. That's when I started doing shots. We get the uh, the announcement that WWE is headed back to Saudi Arabia in October. No, and then right after that, they came and paraded around the black Olympians. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's, here's Vince with the buffer. Like, I know I just screwed the whole black internet wrestling community, but look, here go two real wrestlers. some niggas for you. Right. Like, are you serious right now, Vince? Really, dude? And then Saudi Arabia. Sir, I don't think now is a good time for promoting a show in Saudi Arabia, considering what else is going on right. in the world. Right. So yeah. So so yeah. Not only did they defeat Binky in twenty six seconds, then they paraded two more black people out here to walk down the aisle and shake hands and smiles. Like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Uh, Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre is the match that's going to get the crowd back after that debacle of the last like fifteen twenty minutes. Mahal talks about how they used to be like brothers, and then kicks McIntyre in the face for a two count. The stomping is on. As he should have. But McIntyre is back up with a series of over-the-head, belly-to-belly suplexes, and the Claymore finishes off Jinder Mahal. Post-match, Veer and Shanky come in, but Jinder Mahal chases all three of them off with the sword. And, uh, yeah, that match happened. That was the match in which I think I went and did some housework or something. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, nobody was. This, I mean, this these next two matches were basically uh, silence because all the air got sucked out of the pay per view and the crowd and the Twitter live tweet and the Twitter spaces. It was just like people are still trying to wrap their head around what they just saw between Binky and 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 uh, Becky. Uh, we recap the Raw Women's Title match as Nikki is out to prove herself. Charlotte is there because she is the former champion, and Rhea Ripley is there just because WWE loves their triple threats. So Nikki Ass versus Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley Raw Women's Title. The prison trap to Charlotte, but she reverses it into the figure eight. Nikki comes in off the top to break it up, and the swinging net breaker gets two on Charlotte. Rhea Ripley makes the save. Ripley ascends to the outside. Charlotte avoids Nikki's high cross body, setting up the figure eight. And Nikki, almost a superhero, taps out. And we have a new Raw Women's Champion. And her name is Charlotte Flair. Okay. Let me gather my thoughts because I don't want to sound like a hater. I like Charlotte Flair. Guess she's very talented. I'm a fan. 
But God, I'm sick of her winning all the freaking time. Secondly, she's like the 14-time women's champion. She's not that damn good. Sorry. She's only been in the WWE for what, five years, and she's won the title 14 times. Surprisingly, they've been in the WWE for like seven. Okay, 14 times, though? Yeah. It's quite a race. Bailey ain't. Bailey ain't ba- ba- let's, let's take a look at everybody else that came in with her, and let's look at their number of title reigns. Bailey. Becky, Sasha. Hell, let's even go back to the Attitude Era. Trish Stratus, considered the greatest women's wrestler ever in WWE. That is subjective because I think it's Leah, but her title reigns are only seven. Nikki James, six. But Char- and they had longevity in the WWE for that time, obviously, but 14 times. And Charlotte was already in double digits before she even hit like four years. Right in WWE and again it's it's the Roman was right with the whole missionary comment it's over and over and like really come on Nikki's reign I mean we knew it wasn't gonna last long but damn two weeks we could have had a lot more with this Nikki thing um they could have done a bunch of cool stuff but they didn't they just wanted to go around and around with her, Charlotte, and Rhea on Raw, and they kept beating each other in a you know rematch after rematch type fashion. And yeah, you wasted a title run for somebody who you could have got a lot of people behind. Uh, you give the title to someone who really doesn't need it. Who she does not need another title right? But. As I said before, she's like, like girl, Okada. take a vacation. She's like Okada, another one in New Japan. Where if she's not in the title picture, what is there for her to do? It makes her interesting. We don't care because we're sick of looking at her. <laughs> this is true. This is true. But um, take, take a year off. Give us a chance to miss you. <laughs> so yeah, so Charlotte Flair is your Raw Women's Champion once again. Um, yeah, that's it's definitely good. Not I personally it. think Oscar's better in the ring than Charlotte. That's not making the loss by Binky any more tolerable here. Um, so we re, re we get the recap video for Seth versus uh, Edge. Um, Edge comes out as uh, we're watching this. Seth comes out, comes down to the ring, gets in the ring. So we're speculating, Miss Jates and Max. Are we going to get the brood entrance? Like, nah, probably not, just because. No, I was the only one on the Twitter spaces that called it. <laughs> I said I should have got extra points for that, but it's okay. I'll let you have your win. <laughs> your extra points wouldn't have closed the gap anyway. Oh, I should have got 10 extra points. So, yes, it would have. <laughs> so, yes, Edge does the old brood entrance where he comes up out of the floor with the brood, uh, it was like the two that it was like two thousand all over again. Yeah, it's great. with the music, the full music as well. He walks through the fire, so they had a really long uh, walkway to get to the ring. So about halfway down, the brood, the brood music stops, and his you know on this day uh, song starts up. And so Edge goes down. He, they didn't have any pyro for this show, by the way. The stadium was configured. Fans were just apparently they didn't have a lot of anything at that stadium. <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that here once we get to the very end because, yeah, it didn't sound like it was a good fan experience um, for SummerSlam. 
So Edge versus Seth Rollins. A super kick to the side of the head sets up the stomp with Edge grabbing the boot on the way down. We get another flashback from Edge's old moveset with the educator, which Edge lets go of when Rollins gets too close to the ropes. Instead, he puts him in a cross face with uh, Edge ramming Rollins' head into the mat over and over. Then he transitions that into like a cross face sleeper hold, and that makes Seth Rollins tap out as Edge and Seth Rollins no doubt had the match of the night and they brought the crowd back in. Something had to make up for that hot mess of the women's division. <laughs> yeah, so they finally brought the crowd, got the crowd back into uh, the event after about an hour since uh, they all saw Binky get jobbed out uh, by Becky Lynch. So I knew, I thought this was going to be the match that they were going to put on right after that to try to get the fans back into it, but they put on that gender match followed by that three-way, and so everybody was still just out of it. But yeah, they definitely got back into it with this match, and these two guys delivered a great match. Yeah. Good. Money in the Bank is announced that it's coming to Allegiant Stadium here in Vegas. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> So Money in the Bank is going to get the uh, stadium treatment. Uh, so it looks like it's becoming the fifth major pay-per-view uh, in the pecking order, maybe even one day surpassing Survivor Series in the order. But uh, So they're talking about the 4th of July weekend next year in Vegas for Money in the Bank. Ms. John Morrison are here to talk about how dry everyone must be here. They're here to make everyone all moist with the Dripstick 2000, but neither of them have it. Instead, here is Xavier Woods with a water tank on his back with the water gun attached doing a Scott Hall cosplay. Uh, he's doing, he's got both the Razor Ramon and the Outsiders Scott Hall stuff going on. He's got the long ponytail. Like he was with the uh, Outsiders plus the Razor Ramon little, uh, what do you call that, um, bang <laughs> in the front. Uh, he's got some cool gear. They got a new New Day, like, Outsiders NWO shirt, which is fire. Um, but anyway, uh, Xavier Woods does the Scott Hall survey. He says one more for the good guys, and he sprays the two of them with the big water gun. So apparently this was like some type of water company that they just uh, did a um, pure life or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they did a um, a spot for an ad for. So Vince got some money off of that. Now, who did it better, them with this big water gun spot, or for the uh, for the paid promotion, or um, all elite with the Space Jam basketball? jerseys and stuff that all elite space jam stuff was a hot mess because <laughs> you could tell not a single one of them ever played basketball in their entire life <laughs> especially kenny omega <laughs> oh my god I'm like this is i i was sitting you should have seen my face when i was watching saying, what the hell is this <laughs> uh we recap Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. Now it's time for Goldberg versus Lashley for the Raw, or excuse me, WWE world title. 
MVP hits Goldberg in the knee with his cane, so Lashley takes out the leg. The hurt lock is blocked, and the fans aren't pleased. Another shot to the knee puts Goldberg down, and he rolls to the outside. The knee is into the post twice, um, and then Goldberg collapses before uh, Lashley can try to spear. Uh, That's enough, though, as the ref checks on Goldberg, says he can't continue, and the ref stops the match. Oh, he shouldn't have been wrestling no way with his own self. Yeah, he almost killed Bobby Lashley. I mean, yeah, I we group. Yeah, because my friend, who again not a huge wrestling fan, but she likes the Samoans, was like, he can't even pick him up. I said he's gonna hurt somebody. But from what I remember from our Twitter spaces, yes, I think Goldberg's always been dangerous in the ring. But there was one spot where I said Bobby landed on his neck. This match needs to end quickly because somebody's going to get hurt. Because Goldberg is not safe in the ring. Yeah, so Bobby Lashley was up on the top and Goldberg comes underneath him to press slam him off. And when he he doesn't rotate him, when he throws him off enough, and literally Bobby Lashley is flying like head and neck first towards the mat and literally at the last possible second gets all the way over to kind of land on his shoulders and not his head and his neck. But, yeah, it's a very, very scary spot there for a second. Bobby Lashley could have got seriously hurt. Uh, After the match, Lashley unloads on Goldberg with chair shots to the knee. Goldberg is physically done. Goldberg's son tries to run in, and he jumps on Lashley's back. Mm -hmm. Bobby Lashley flips him off and yokes him up into the hurt lock. Mm -hmm. As uh, Jade to the back said earlier, it's fuck them kids. Um, Right, he should have just sat there and ate his popcorn. MVP grabs the mic and says, Lashley didn't know it was Goldberg's kid who crawled onto his back. And uh, MVP and Lashley bailed as Goldberg swears vengeance over his fallen son. Yeah, 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 Goldberg, whatever. Nobody's scared of you. We're bored of you. You, Your son should have stayed at home. See, this will happen when a child don't stay in a child's place. You can't, just, you can't just be running up in the ring with grown men and think that, you know, everything is peachy keen. So, yeah. He got what was coming to him. Now that brings us to the main event of the evening, Roman Reigns versus John Cena for the Universal title. The Superman punch connects for a two count on Cena, but the spear hits the post, meaning it's the Super AA for a very good near fall. Cena uh, does the Roman Reigns roar, but charges into a right hand. Uh, They both are slugging it out until Roman hits the Superman punch. Reigns declares that he is WWE, and he spears John Cena, gets the one, two, three, and retains the Universal title. Did he lie, though? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Not a lie was told. Can I make note, though, um... What was John Cena's hair? Let's talk about this for a second. Um, you know. I mean, you had the high top, you had the fade in the front and the bald spot in the back. Just a little confused as to what's happening here. Those hair plugs. Nobody knows. Those 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 hair plugs, you know, they they're not meant for you to be sweating. Clearly. I mean you put them in there because you know, it starts to seize the part a little bit more. And man, yeah, John Cena, he might want to 
uh, rend- do one of those renderings of what he would look like bald because uh, he's closer to that than. Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a few people that need to let it go. John Cena, Ric Flair. Who else needs it? Paul. Paul Heyman. I don't know what's going on with the the stuff on the side. You know, he's got like a half semicircle. He's got the Sherman going around his head. Yeah, he he might want to you know take care of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just let it go, guys. It's over. Uh, this was actually a hell of a match, though. I mean, John, it really was. It was a fantastic match. Gets in there and he gets the people on his feet. And he delivered. Him and Roman had a hell of a main event style wrestling match that, you know, shit in. They did. I agree. John Cena is good at what he does. I'm not, look, again, I, so how we used to feel about John Cena being shoved down our throats, that's how I feel about Charlotte Flair. But I give credit where credit's due. John Cena's worked hard. He's been in this business for a while. He's good at what he does. But yeah, this was a legit match. It was great that Roman got a clean win. Yeah, as, so, the, as the heel, quote unquote, Roman has been winning all these. Well, I guess Roman has run through every main eventer. Wasn't that clean because he had a little help with Edge. But for the most part, yeah, he's been winning these matches clean. He's been running through the roster because he is the WWE. This is correct. This is correct. So, so after the uh after the But you know who he can't beat? Binky. My money is on her. I want Roman versus Binky. <laughs> Book it. Um so after the match, he's standing Roman standing over John Cena with the title triumphantly. And then we hear Brock Lesnar's music. Uh Paul Heyman looked like he just got busted on an episode of Cheaters. Okay. <laughs> Brock makes his way down to the ring. Roman looks shook. Lesnar gets in the ring. Reigns and Roman back away slowly and head back up the ramp. So Brock Lesnar is back uh, looking in fantastic shape. Looks like he's thinned down some. Yeah, he looks. he's in great shape. He also looked like he just got done riding horses and decided to come to work today. He's got the Pete Dunn man bun going, looking like Wardlow with a mm-hmm. ponytail, full beard. Got his beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know what they're going to do. They didn't get, hey, notice this. They didn't get physical and exactly beat Roman in 26 seconds. Why couldn't we do that with Becky and Binky? Right. Vince doesn't like black people. Um. There's one or two things that's going to happen here. Either Roman and Brock are going to have a match, which we've already seen, and, you know, I don't think anybody's really clamoring for it again. Or it's a big swerve, and Brock and Roman become like... Uh, Paul Heyman's guys? Yeah, but one, but Brock, but Brock goes to Raw, and we get the Lashley and Brock match. I look, the match we've been begging for is Lashley versus Lesnar. That's what we wanted. And who did they give us? Oldberg. See, this don't listen. And my uncle, see, again, let's talk about my uncle, how he thinks he knows everything about wrestling. Well, they're just giving the people what they want. Sir, do you not listen to the podcast? Vince does not give us anything that we want. We wanted Brock versus Lashley. And who did they give us? Bill Goldberg and his son. 
we wanted the hurt business to stay a thing. What'd they do? Go break up. The break them up. We wanted the iconics to stay together. What'd they do? Break them up and send them packing. Yeah. So no, he does not listen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after the uh, match went off, then uh, the stream shut down. Uh, oh, poor John Cena was still left in the ring and he took about four of those uh, German suplexes from Brock. Since he so he's the newest resident of Suplex City is what so you're saying. John, John Cena built Suplex City, City, according to him, which isn't false. It is very true. Uh, yes. So he just took a trip back home, basically. He, he went home for a little bit to visit. <laughs> yep, so that was SummerSlam. And all of its five and a half hour, six hour glory... Uh, they were supposed they finished right as Manny Pacquiao was getting in the ring uh, for his fight in Vegas. So if you were trying to do both, um, yeah, there was no way you possibly could have because you couldn't have made it out of the arena and down the street and into the next arena in time uh, to yeah. not miss like the first two rounds or three rounds of the fight. I don't even know if Pacquiao won the fight or anything, but I didn't even know that man was fighting. I'm just glad that I'm getting to Vegas after all the hoopla is is done. Right. Oh, everybody's gone home by the time I get there tomorrow morning so that I can enjoy Vegas without all the shenanigans. You might see a wrestler or two passing through the airport there. I mean, as long as it's, you know, one of the Samoans or Zaddy MVP. <laughs> uh, so. Like, so soon, you should, you should stay a little while. So, so that was SummerSlam, y'all. SummerSlam and SmackDown. Uh, SummerSlam definitely uh, probably about a five or six. I mean, it was probably headed for about a seven or an eight. Until. Until, yeah, the shenanigans with Binky. Took and let's keep it real. Alexa Bliss and Eva Marie could have been on the pre-show. Hell, that could have happened on Raw. We didn't need that at some Yeah, a lot of this was just basically like a super version of a match you would have seen on Raw or SmackDown. It wasn't a lot of... Jinder and Drew could have been on the pre-show. It wasn't a lot of really big-time pay-per-view-feeling matches except for, you know, Edge and Rollins, John Cena and Roman, of course. Um, not even Lashley and Goldberg didn't feel like a huge pay-per-view type match. You know, we could have saw because that. it wasn't what we wanted. Good episode of Raw, we could have saw that, uh, but there is no such thing as a good episode of Raw at the moment. So what am I saying? Um, yeah, just a a show with uh, that's going to cause a lot of consternation uh, going forward. Um, everybody is going to be talking about. Um, you know, WWE's lack of um, a treating black women and black people fairly when it comes mm-hmm. to positions up or higher in the card. It's going to bring up a lot of questions and concerns about who do they have young up and coming that they want to stick behind. I mean, if they're not going to stick behind Bianca Belair and treat her with the type of uh, reverence and and respect that she because as a champion. Like, and I also think Vince still going to. They're gonna keep bringing back old people because Vince loves nostalgia, and it's like okay, nostalgia's cool, but Brad, Goldberg, I know and why, and Rick, like I know why he brings dude. back John Cena is because nobody on this roster currently 
not even Roman, not even Binky, not even Sasha, can get that crowd up. That's true. Like John Cena can. Like, no matter what you say about John Cena, whether you like him, whether you dislike him, Super Cena, whatever the case may be, when that man's music hits and that first horn blows and he comes out and he runs down that aisle and he slides in that ring, when he gets back on his feet, man, the whole building is going bananas. There's That's nobody true. sitting down. And that is what Vince is registering more than anything as far as the in-ring goes. It's like, I got nobody on this roster who can do that. And but he's also not trying to build up anybody on the roster to be able to do that. This, That's the thing. This is true as well. They built up John Cena like that for years, but they're not willing to put in that work for anybody else. Right. And I think he does it on purpose so that he can keep bringing John Cena back and say, oh, well, we're going to book it this way because you can't do what so-and-so does. I think that he doesn't want to ever feel like Stone Cold and Rock have became bigger than WWE, right? During they did. Time. And I don't think he ever wants anybody to feel that. And they knew that they were bigger than WWE. And so when it came to negotiating contracts and, and doing business with Vince, they knew what they were worth and what they could do outside of it. So it made it harder on him. So I think at this Oh, poor little white man can't exploit his employees. I'm sorry, his independent contractors. So I think he made a a, a, a change in that, yes, we will always keep the brand and the company bigger than one single person. Now, there has been exceptions like John Cena through all this time. Uh, Sasha Banks, clearly. Bianca Belair, potentially. Roman. At some Bianca point. Belair, let's keep it real. Her and Sasha, WWE is just a stepping stone. Right. Roman as well. I mean, yeah, three people right there. It's only a matter of time before they're like, you know what? Right. I'm going to go do something else. Who are destined for Hollywood and bigger and better things outside of wrestling where they're going to actually... Right in 10 years be the old people that Vince is calling back in to see if the crowd can react to him the same way because Vince isn't or whoever events is still running it not that happy with their current crop of talent and how they're being perceived so WWE's got yeah. a lot of they got a lot of evaluating internally that they need to do um, going forward for the rest of this year because AEW is picking up a lot of steam. And now they got, oh, yeah. they got CM Punk now. And, you know, there's a big section of wrestling fans who are just going to watch the product the, and the, there just to go the see cool, him. And the cool thing about AEW, something I learned a few weeks ago, they don't have a creative team. They just kind of, they let the wrestlers come up with their own uh the wrestlers are the creative team, and I think that's an advantage for them. It definitely helps with uh, continuity. It definitely helps mm -hmm. with the promos. Definitely helps with um, trying to generate some real emotion and to get people involved into your character. And they can curse more on AEW, too. <laughs> Uh, which is a direct contrast from back in the day where they had the standards and practices uh, on top of them, which made them not be able to compete in the same way with the attitude era that they were doing things. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, 
All right, I'm done ranting. All right. About bits. So, oh, are we doing who you got for takeover? No, that's uh, the, just pre. Oh, because y'all scared. You scared you gonna lose? Uh huh. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I was making a comeback tonight. Uh, we did the uh, NXT uh, cast this week, and we just previewed the matches with Miss Simi. I got her thoughts on who she thought was gonna win, but we usually don't because we don't have a third. Hey, Simi. So. Cindy got me watching General Hospital again. I ain't watched General Hospital in like 10 years, but she tweets about it every day. I was like, wait, they alive again? Wait, they back, they back together. So I started watching General Hospital again on Tuesday. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, before I get into my, uh, my official shout-outs and thank yous, I just like to send a special shout-out and get well to my man, Magnum Prime. Greg, I uh, was trying to get him on this podcast with us just to chop it up with him and to hear from him. But uh, he's been dealing with some health issues, he said, for the past month or so. So definitely feel better soon, Greg. Definitely keep him in your prayers and just wanted to give him a a big shout out here. Let him know that we're thinking about him here on the WrestleCast. So, Miss Jade to the max, I'm going to turn it over to you, ma'am, for your shout outs and thank yous. Shout out to everybody that joined our Twitter spaces yesterday. It was a lot of fun. And shout out to my uncle and my homegirl for coming over to watch SummerSlam. Uh, we then proceeded to watch a, a Raiders game. I'm sorry, Game of Thrones fight scenes uh, afterwards. Oh, I saw a, <laughs> I saw a Game of Thrones fight scene. Yeah, it looks just like a Raiders game. No, it happened, um, it happened in the football game with your football team, and your quarterback got his helmet knocked off. Good gracious! Did you see that? No, there was there were. I don't watch preseason football. Oh, man, I'm glad you didn't because you would have been in fear for Justin Fields' life. Who were they playing? The Buffalo Bills, right? Yes. Oh, because Trubisky was out there throwing and our defense looked like hot garbage. Yeah, it was like 35-3. Uh, it was bad. It was 41-15. to 15. Oh, excuse me. That it was <laughs> – was... no, I'm just saying it was still bad. I mean, hell, the White Sox got blown out today by Tampa Bay. I didn't even know Tampa Bay – Devil Rays could hit home runs, but apparently they shut us out. But yeah, better, shout out to that's the team you better be watching out what? for in the trap game. I know Tampa Bay. Mm. No, mm. it's Florida. No. But uh, yeah, shout out to our whole our whole Rasslecast family. It's been fun. Let's do it again tonight. That's right. Cast takeover is going to take place in about 45 minutes as we're recording this on Sunday. So please join us and share. Hopefully everybody will be joining us in the Twitter spaces and in the hashtag to live tweet, share the commentary with color. Give a big shout out to Miss Jates the Max for joining me here once again on this episode of the WrestleCast. Uh, give a big shout out to Miss Didi Jonay, Sam and Greg get well soon. Uh, classic Mel. Mr. Anwar Starwin, who uh, helped me review some New Japan over this past week, so check him out as we talk about Grand Slam show and the resurgence show that took place last weekend. Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese. Uh, me and him do the labor of wrestling fans as we watch Monday Night Raw each and every week. Um, we record during the beginning of NXT this week, so you get to hear the genuine excitement that Mo has for good wrestling uh, that he doesn't get a chance to review. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was that was very entertaining hearing him uh, just beam with excitement about something that he isn't going to get a chance to talk about. But at least he got to witness it. Uh, like 
uh, Miss Jason and I said thanks to everybody who joined the Twitter spaces for SummerSlam who used the hashtag SummerSlams. Uh, thank you for using the hashtags each and every week. Also, go over to the Patreon page, become a patron, patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. There you can hear the dark match where we and Miss Simi, we review AEW Dynamite each and every week. Also, you can hear the pre and post show conversations before and after all the recordings that take place here on the WrestleCast Network. So all of our co-hosts can talk about, you know, they talk about things other than wrestling or, you know, other wrestling that they don't get a chance to review. So it's always some good content going up there over on the Patreon page in the dark match. So for my co-host, Miss Jade to the Max, I am your host, Don DeLorente, and this has been the WrestleCast, episode 301. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Bye. Seth, I, uh, I saw what you said last week. But more importantly, I heard what you said. I really heard what you said. And, and it sat with me. Your boots on the back of my neck. My face mashed into that Money in the Bank briefcase. I know it was 2014, but I still feel it like it was yesterday. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I was worried. I was, I was worried about my way of life. I was worried about my wife. I was worried about my kids. And uh, last week, you threatened all of those same things again. And, and, and I get it, you threatened those things, and that's the thing to do when you face Edge. That's the mind game you play because it's supposed to hit me in the heart. Except at the end of the day, I know they're just that, they're mind games. Except with you, Seth. See, because I take my cues from the eyes, and Seth, I look in your eyes, and you mean everything you say. You're an all-time talent. I'll give you that credit, I'll never take that away from you. But, man, you have pushed me into a dark place. pushed me into a place that I don't like to go because it is so hard to come back. And because if I'm being truthful, it's because I like it. You have made me find a place in my heart where the blood runs black. I do see clearly on this day. I see that at SummerSlam, I don't just have to beat you. I have to break you. I have to humble you. And Seth, oh Seth, at SummerSlam, I am going to burn 
you!